All right, what's up everyone? Sam here, Wall Street Mastermind, and I'm here today with another client interview for you guys. Today I'm talking with uh, Rahul, who is um, a senior now at uh, UVA, and uh, Rahul actually came to Wall Street Mastermind, I think, halfway through his junior year. Um, interesting case, because this doesn't happen um, with a lot of our clients, but he actually came to us after he had already secured uh, his summer internship. Um, at a small regional boutique doing uh, FIG for his junior uh, junior year summer or financial institutions group for those, those of you who don't know what that is. And, uh, but he came to us because he was kind of looking forward towards uh, full-time recruiting and that's kind of what he was looking for help with. And so um, now that he's done with the recruiting process, uh, senior year already, he has his offer. Um, just wanted to get him to come on here and talk about his journey with you guys um i think that you know it'll probably uh, help a lot of you who are kind of in a similar situation as him um to just hear kind of how he was able to overcome some of the obstacles that he had and get to the outcome he wants so rahul thank you so much for uh taking the time to talk to us today yeah absolutely excited to talk about the program and sort of my experience with you know everything with you awesome man well uh to start off, can you just kind of, uh, I mean, I gave a, very, gave a very high level introduction right there, but can you just kind of walk people through kind of your profile or like your background, like just so people have a sense of what kind of candidate you are? You are? Yeah. So, you know, I go to UVA, which is a pretty, let's say a pretty decent target school in terms of, say, half the bulge brackets, a lot of the, you know, elite boutiques and a lot of regional banks, you know, try to recruit out of here. Um, in terms of my like applicant profile, I had, you know, a decent slash lower GPA, um, you know, not ex extraordinarily high, but not like low to the point where, you know, I was being asked about it all the time. Um, so just like almost in a bad spot almost just cause, you know, you can't really have your story like around it, but right. you know, it is what it is. Uh, wasn't a decent amount of extracurriculars, but didn't really have any leadership positions in them. And, you know, besides that, it was also in the business school, which doesn't really matter anymore just because recruiting happens so early. But, you know, originally I thought that would be a big bonus for me, um, but it turned out it didn't really matter. So that's that's sort of what I was dealing with in the like, spring of my sophomore year when, you know, I think that was the first year when banking recruiting happened so quickly. and that was sort of my profile back then and still got is it. now. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, that's actually a really good segue. Um, if you take us back to the very beginning of your recruiting process. So I remember from our very first conversation um, before you had joined as a client um, that recruiting kind of caught you off guard with how early it started, right? Can you kind of talk to us about that? Like you have been thinking about, recruiting probably what more than a year in advance but it just you thought you could maybe start later like in junior year or something yeah so you know talking to some elder students that i knew um most of them told me like yeah like banks will start coming around the fall of your junior year some of them maybe might reach out in august you know right before you go to school so that's sort of what i was prepared for and you know i think it was like february or march of my sophomore year i got an email from the career services page, which are like, you know, these banks are coming to campus in the next week or so looking to you know, collect resumes and start interviewing, like hopefully within the next month. So mm -hmm. for me that, you know, didn't really know what that entailed, like what that process would look like. I didn't really have a good resume. Like it was honestly really poorly formatted after talking to you. I realized that. Um, and most importantly, I didn't have a story. Like I just knew I wanted to invest in banking because that's what most of the kids in my school did. And I was sort of interested in it after reading about it, but had no clue how to articulate that properly. And, you know, it was definitely caught off guard by the speed of things and how this sort of like how prepared you need to be going into like just getting the interview and also in the interview itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. And so at the time, and I think this is the case with a lot of people, but um, even back, like if I think about what I was doing back in college, a lot of people initially when they decide they want to do investment banking it's because they see that that's what everyone else wants to do. Right. And so, uh, I totally get that. Um, 
now that you're kind of, you know, a lot further along, you've actually gone through, the, you know, your junior summer internship and now you're recruited for full time. You're obviously a lot, a lot more knowledgeable now than where you were back then. But like, what are your motivations for like why you want to do banking? Because like this process is tough, right? Like for you to be willing to put in the time and energy and effort and make all these sacrifices just to get this job. Like what is the reward for you in your mind? Yeah. So I think there's two big things for me. Um, first, it's just the learning experience you get, you know, even after summer, my knowledge of like corporate finance, just finance and a lot of other stuff, like how to talk to elder people, like even clients just grew a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you obviously you learn a lot of stuff in school, even whether you had a target or non-target, you're going to learn like the basics of what a DCF is, but just, you know, a lot of little stuff, like, you know, what a client ready, you know, presentation looks like, how to really think through a company, you know, how to write intelligently, how to speak professionally. Yeah, you, know, you don't get that stuff, I think, at any other job besides investment banking. And that's something that I, you know, really wanted to be a part of is just gaining a lot of information about, you know, not only finance, but a lot of more, you know, s- social skills. And it can prepare you for anything you want to do five, 10 years on the road. And for yeah. me, that was like the biggest thing I learned. And yeah. one of the biggest reasons I still wanted to continue investment banking. Um, two, I, I think this sort of connects it. It's like the doors that can open up for you in, in finance specifically, you, you know, whether you want to do PE, which is a really common route, you know, stay in banking, do venture capital, or even, you know, hopefully one day become a CFO. This almost fast tracks you to those positions. You know, I've seen, you know, a lot of people at different firms, you know, obviously go through the PE route, but you know, become, you know, corporate development heads at different companies, become one of the main managers at, you know, VC firms, hedge funds, whatever it may be. So I, I realized that, you know, most likely I won't be doing banking for my career, like 20 years down the road, but this is the best way to do other stuff in finance, which I find, you know, a little bit more rewarding, like investing or, you know, running a company. And I, this is the best way forward. Um, and then three, obviously, like, the compensation is pretty good. You know, there's, you know, talking to all my other friends who do other stuff, whether it's like tech or consulting, the compensation just doesn't compare. And even though you're working hard, like it's nice to know that you're getting rewarded for all your hard work. So those right. for me were the three big reasons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That all makes a ton of sense. I mean, that those are a lot of the same reasons for most people. I would say, right? the amount of learning you get to do is the exit opportunities and just the flexibility and the optionality that you have. And then, Obviously, sometimes people don't like admitting this. I don't know why, but like the conversation is super important in like whatever job you decide to take, right? Nobody wants to work for like, you know, $10 an hour. <laughs> Although people, yeah. like to, people like to joke that you're probably working for $10 an hour in banking, but uh, anytime people make those jokes, I'm always like, man, you're so ignorant. Like it's not about what you're making hourly in those two years. It's about what you're going to be making after those two years, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I never said that in an interview, but uh, that's, you know, that's obviously, that was something in the back of my mind the whole time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For those of you that are listening, do not say that in an interview, just to be clear. But if we're being completely candid and plus the interviewers know, like they themselves were probably the same way, but like everybody cares about the pay, right? I mean, if you don't, if you say you don't care about the pay, you're probably lying. So, um, so okay. So then going back to um, that junior summer recruiting process then, so super rush, super last minute, like you were kind of caught flat-footed, so to speak. And then I guess you just went through the process anyway and you applied to a bunch of places. I think if I remember correctly, like back then, what you had applied to maybe like 15 places or something, like maybe 10 of them came on campus and another five just from like your own applications or something like that. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Okay. And then like, I think at the time you told me that um, you had gotten maybe like eight interviews or something around there. Does that sound about right? Um, Yeah. I I would say eight like phone calls or like phone interviews and then um, if I'm remembering correctly, like four super days out of that. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think what I had written down is like you got two. Oh no, you had yeah, you had three super. Oh yeah, two, three or four super days, and then you ended up getting two offers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually, I mean, honestly, for someone who um, was caught off guard, like 
hey, that's not bad. Like, yeah, he's got offers, which is more than uh, what the vast majority of people can say. Um, out of the, whatever, eight or so phone interviews you got, like, what types of banks were you interviewing with? Was it like everything from bold brackets down to regional boutiques? Or was it, I don't know, like mostly middle market banks? Like, how would you kind of categorize that? Yeah, so I'd say like at the top, like the best banks I got were middle market banks. So like William Blair, Harris Williams, Hulahan, um, banks like that. And then got some like regional slash like, yeah, like other ones were like regional investment banks. And those are the ones I got the offers from, not the middle market ones. Right. Got it. Okay. So you got, you got offers from, uh, the two offers you got were from probably on the lower end of the spectrum of out of all the opportunities that you had basically. Yeah. Okay. So then you, um, how were you feeling about that at the time? I guess like probably if I read between the lines, like not completely, you're happy obviously because you you got an offer, but probably not completely satisfied or else you probably wouldn't have came and worked with us. Yeah. I, obviously I wasn't like happy or, you know, like I was a little disappointed in the results, but I, yeah, at the end of the day, I was you know, happy I got an offer. But more than anything, I was pretty confused just because I thought, you know, besides a few instances where I knew I like bombed an interview or something, I thought I'd done the best I could, you know, really had good answers to everything. thought my resume was like, you know, comparable, if not, you know, good compared to the other candidates, but mm. just didn't know what was happening at the end of the day. So, you know, just wanted clarity and mm. it's really hard to get clarity in these sort of situations where, you know, no, no interviewer is going to reach back out to you and be like, Hey, like, you know, here, here are the things you can improve on or like you, know, <laughs> you should change up your resume like this. Like you just don't know. And that right. was just the spot I didn't like being in. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really uh, good word that you use there, which is clarity. Like most of the time, because uh, I talk to so many students, like most of the time what I find that people are really lacking is just that clarity. Like everybody kind of knows what you're supposed to do at a very, very high level. Um, when it comes to investment banking and recruiting, they're like, oh, you need to have a good resume. You need to be good at networking. You need to be, you need to know your technicals and you need to um, have good storage prepared for your behavior. I was like, everybody knows that. Like at the 30,000 foot level. But then when you really like, get down into the weeds you realize that people don't really know how to actually do that right like mm-hmm. how, how do you actually network effectively right most people are just kind of you know well i guess i'll reach out to some alumni and then i don't know ask them ask them like the same questions every single time and then it probably just ends after like one conversation i think i remember you telling me like that was kind of like what you were doing too initially, right? In terms of your networking. Yeah. So I'd, I'd reach out to alumni, you know, get on the phone with them, um, you know, have either a decent or like below decent conversation and then just be like, oh, you know, they like know who I am. So they're definitely going to pass my resume on. And then, you know, I wouldn't get an interview or like, it wouldn't really help. So I'd just be, you know, again, confused. I was like, oh, like, is this not what you're supposed to do? Or like, didn't really know what networking actually meant. Right. Right. Yeah. Most people kind of just do that. It's like, Hey, I'm going to talk to this person once, like just get my name out there is what people say. Like, I'm going to get my name out there. And then now that my name's out there, hopefully when they're like sifting through the hundreds or thousands of resumes that they get, when they see my name on the resume, like that'll ring a bell and then that'll cause me to be selected. That's kind of like what a lot of people think, I think, but in reality, uh, that's, that's like playing craps basically right it's like yeah, it's like yeah. you're, you're 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 hoping for something that's a super kind of a super long shot type of thing to happen um which is just not like you don't want to be gambling with with something like a career right um and so there's no clarity there on how to do that and then like in terms of the interviewing side of things um what were i i remember like i think you had asked um one of your buddies for like some resources and whatever. And he sent you a bunch of stuff. Like what, what were the, like prior to wall street mastermind, what were some of the resources you were using to help you prepare for this process? Um, like thinking back, I use I, for the technical side. I use 
I think it was like the breaking of the Wall Street guides, which were, mm. I mean, they were fine. Like they, you know, just explained to you or like essentially gave you a rubric to like memorize and say in an interview uh, yeah. without really understanding it. And especially because I didn't have any like business school background up to mm. that point. Um, mm. So I didn't really know what I was talking about. And mm. then for like the behavioral side, I just tried to, you know, honestly just think on my feet, just be like, oh, like why invest in banking? Um, people say it's rewarding. So I'll say that, and, you know, I read somewhere that you get to work on like really cool deals. So I'll say that. And mm. you know, that was about it. So not really putting a lot of thought in it just cause I thought, you know, if I ace the technical side of this interview and I'll be fine, like they don't really care what my answers to like, tell me about yourself or like why I invest in banking or like all those other stuff. So mm. didn't really understand that it's a pretty holistic process. And mm. even if you like ace your technicals, but they don't like you or like they don't really buy your story, then you're not going to get that job. Mm, got it. So back then you were operating with the assumption that, Hey, as long as I know my technicals, that's the most important thing. And the behaviorals is just like, whatever. Like I'm just talking about myself and it can't be that hard. Right. Um, yeah. Although I guess, you know, in reality, what we always tell everybody is technicals are just kind of like the, that's the minimum requirement, right? Like, obviously, if you don't know your technicals, you're, you're, you're going to get dinged and you're not going to get the job. But nowadays, it's so competitive and everybody has done their homework. Um, a lot of candidates know their technicals. And so just by virtue of knowing your technicals, you're not necessarily going to stand out by any means, right? Like, you're, you're maybe on the same, you may be on the same level playing field as, um, you know, all these other super smart and hardworking kids from, Warden and Columbia and NYU and whatever, all these, you know, super financy target schools um, and have taken all these finance classes. And then that alone is not, you're never going to be so, so much better than your competition at technicals that they just hire you purely based on that, basically. Right. Yeah, and so I, I was just going to say, like, they're, you know, they know you're not an expert in corporate finance. Their whole job, at least in the summer internship, is to like train you up. So they're not, like at the end of the day, too worried whether you can like perfectly walk through an LBO, but mainly matters whether they want to work with you or not. Like whether they, you know, want to be up till 3 a.m. sitting right beside you. That I think that's a lot more important than how well, you know, you know, you can read like the breaking the Wall Street gut or whatever. <laughs> right. And then like on the behavioral side, I mean, like you said, it's about um, the way you talk about yourself, like kind of affects how likable of a person you are and whether you're someone that they want to work with, right? And whether you have the traits and qualities that they look for in a successful analyst. The thing is, like you said, on the technical side, that's all stuff that they can teach you, right? But on the behavioral side, they're not really going to be able to uh, teach you how to behave or change the type of person that you are. And so they're going to screen harder for that um, because if they make the wrong hire behaviorally, then, uh, it's probably not going to be a great fit, right? So, um, and by the way, like on the behavioral side, you actually can uh, outcompete the other candidates by having much better answers, right? Because it's not like the technicals, if you have the right answer, you have the right answer. And everybody's answers are the same. On the behavioral side, if you have better answers than other people, um, you actually can stand out from that. And that doesn't affect just your interviews, but it actually, uh, going back to the networking piece, it affects your networking as well, right? Because networking, a lot of times you're having to talk about yourself um, in addition to asking them questions. And if you're not, like, if you're not pitching yourself the right way, um, they're just not going to want to refer you, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I remember, I think back when we first spoke, like you, like you said, you have focus most of your time on learning things like DCFs and LBOs and, you know, trying to memorize this stuff. Not, I don't think you were like truly understanding everything, but you're just kind of memorizing everything, which I think didn't really work out for you very well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you knew the basics, but you couldn't really understand the concepts you were saying. Like it, it took you, I think you remember you, t I, I remember you told me that um, it took you a month during the summer when you really had time to like, really try to study everything thoroughly and then um and then later that summer you felt much better right yeah it, it took a while to like actually 
you know, if they asked me a question that wasn't, you know, directly from the guide or something like the 400 questions list to not just regurgitate something, but actually understand and like give an articulate answer that happened way later. Yeah. And I mean, like that, that's the thing is that most people, they just try to memorize this stuff. And because that's really all you can do with these guides. Um, it's not interactive. You're reading on a page. It's not like they're actually teaching or explaining things to you or answering your questions. And so people just memorize, but like as someone who's actually gone through two recruiting processes, you know, one for the summer and one for full time, like what percentage of time would you say you actually got like the exact same technical questions that you memorized? I, I think early in the like early in my sophomore year, it, it was pretty, you know, pretty much off the guides or whatever. But, you know, when you're interviewing like in July, August, especially like, you know, like August on, like none of the questions are from the guide. Like it's all about, you know, do you understand this info? And like, can you give me like an analysis of what I just said? Or like, you know, what is this actually telling me? Not really just, you know, walk with your DCF. Like you're, I don't think you're ever going to get those questions. And, you know, these hard interviews or like just any, especially at Super Days. Right, right. And so it's more like application knowledge, basically. Not like, have you memorized the formula, but do you know how to actually apply this to like real world situations? Yeah, exactly. And I guess like for you too, um, since you're actually, you were actually interviewing for full time, like you and your competition, most of you guys already had some experience under your belt. Like you've done a summer internship. So at that point, probably the bar is even higher. Like the expectation is that of course, you know what a DCF is. And of course, you know what, you know, M&A and LBO and all that stuff is, but it's more like, how do you actually use it? Well, like being able to talk about these things in the context of an actual transaction that you worked on and things like that. Right. It's a lot of that. Got it. Okay, cool. So, so you use mostly the guides. Um, I think your behavior answers, what you told me at the time was like your answers were very generic and didn't seem like your interviewers were super impressed with your answers. And you kind of just like try to talk to other students that you knew um, about how you could answer those questions more effectively. But that was kind of how you were going about it, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and so what... So you tried that and then, you know, you got into a regional boutique for the summer. You weren't completely satisfied with the, with that outcome. Um, then like, what, how did you find Wall Street Mastermind and like, what made you want to join our program? So, yeah, I think I found it on, it was like one of my recommended pages on Facebook. I guess they're, you know, they're, data analytics are pretty solid on that on that front so just clicked on it um you know looked through what was going on and i think i clicked on your profile and then ultimately ended up on the website i saw your experience in the industry and i thought so this is somebody who actually has like been in there like has interviewed people as well as like done interviews like for jobs um not only in investment making but private equity and you know corporate finance roles so it was definitely somebody who I, th like, I definitely thought you were somebody who would have firsthand knowledge about interviews and like what, you know, specific investment bankers really look for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just decided to give you a call and see, and just see if it would be worth it for me. Got it. Okay. And then we had that first call where I learned more about your situation and kind of a lot of things that we already talked about just now. Um, and then you basically had to make a decision on, whether you want to join the program or not, right? So like, what was your thought process at the time? Like, were you skeptical at all? I mean, after all, like this is some dude you just found on the internet, right? Like you didn't really yeah. know me that well, but like, how did you kind of think through that decision or like, what was your decision-making framework there? Yeah, so my rationale was, if it's just gonna be like, you know, you sending me stuff and then me reading it and then just being done after like 10 weeks or like, yeah, that's not something I was really interested in because I've, I've tried that approach and for me it didn't really work. But I think you really sold me on the like the interactive aspect of it where, you know, if I wanted to you know, have a mock interview or like talk to you about the way I was answering your question, then either you'd hop on the call or like I could just, you know, chat with you and we could talk about it and you know, really develop a strategy moving forward, not just, 
a generic cookie cutter, like here's how you do it approach. And once I learned that, <clears throat> and that like, that's how it'd be, then I was sold. And then, you know, my parents were sold on the fact that your results were, you know, obviously solid and spoke for themselves. And, you know, the, it's just a huge ROI right there. Right. Right. And so what was your, so you came in the program. Um, let's talk a little bit about your actual experience in the program. So that was like the expect, uh, your expectations coming in, right. Was that it's going to be this, um, interactive customized thing, um, you know, tailored to your background and your experiences and whatever challenges you're having. So like talk about your actual experience in the program. Like what, what do we do together? And like, what was actually helpful to you? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think the, the first thing that we did was like, you know, tear apart my resume, you know, really go through the basics of what stands out, you know, what looks better, just like just scanning through it, um, which I thought was a really important step for me just because mine looks so bad at the time. And, you know, <laughs> changing it, I think, got me a lot more looks than I would have otherwise. And then mm -hmm. from there, really learning what networking is, like how to effectively do it you know, what the point of networking is, um, just learning the basics of all those things, which, you know, really helped me understand what I needed to do and just have a strategy moving forward to, you know, have my initial outreach and make sure everything on paper looks good so I can, you know, eventually be set up for interviews. Mm. And, you know, once I got sort of the basic stuff out of the way, which I thought was incredibly helpful, then it moved into more of, you know, the interview side like what do i need to do to ace my interviews and i think we both realized that like i probably don't need to spend as much time on technicals just because at that time i was you know semester deep or semester and a half deep into business school and you know i'd done a lot more like work on my own just in terms of you know applying the knowledge i learned to but you know, definitely there was a lot of videos that still help a student in my situation. Mm. But I guess the biggest part for me was really understanding my story, like how to convey my story, having, you know, if somebody asked me like a random behavioral question, having stories that, and like examples I can fall back on and having that like at the top of my mind, not just, you know, somewhere back deep where it's like, I just can't pull it up. So mm. getting that all on paper, talking about it with you and then, you know, just a bunch of mock interviews after that, which, you know, and the best part about those is what you were, you know, brutally honest. So if you didn't like the way something sounded, you know, you weren't, you know, afraid to tell me, you're like, sure, you could you like, you told me straight up, like, hey, it's not a good answer. Like, you know, let's reframe it in this way. Or like, uh, you know, it was okay, but like, I think you can do better in like this, this, and this. So like real concrete examples of where I could get better in my interviews. And I, I think that was probably the biggest thing for me in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, passing phone interviews and getting on networking calls and ultimately getting offers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. So you, basically if I kind of recap what you said, just like right there um, and my connection cut out for like five seconds in between, but I think what you said was um, we completely redid uh, all of your application materials, like, you know, re resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, the stuff that you'd be applying with um, and using to network. Um, we gave you a lot more clarity on how to actually network uh, so that you were you, you weren't you were no longer just having like one conversation with these people and then like hoping that they'll refer you but you actually were a lot more strategic about going after whatever it is that you're trying to get which most of the time is going to be a referral for a job right um, and then those two things probably um, massively increased your chances of getting selected for interviews and then uh, we focused on the interview side and the beauty of the program is that it's all customized based on your needs and so for you you're actually unique or a little different from other people in that most people come in feeling like oh i need some i need a lot of help with technicals and i don't need that much help with behaviorals even though in reality usually they do need help with behaviorals but for you you felt like you were pretty good on the technicals but you are looking for a lot more feedback on the behavioral side where it's a lot more subjective and it's really difficult for you to self-diagnose what you're doing wrong essentially. And so like mm -hmm. what, we were, what we were able to give you was just like brutally honest feedback on 
how to change certain things, which you probably like you probably weren't getting from other people. Right? I mean, you're definitely not getting that from your interviewers, but uh, I'm guessing even outside of Wall Street Mastermind, you've probably done like mock, mock interviews at school with just your peers and maybe upperclassmen and stuff like that, or no? Yeah, no, I, I definitely did a lot of like mock interviews during the summer with my friends who like when you had, you know, internship offers or even sometimes like elder students that I knew, but you know, at the end of the day, they didn't have any like hiring experience or like mm-hmm. know what to really look for. So they'd just be like, oh yeah, that was fine. Or like, you know, you know, maybe emphasize this point more in reality, like the whole structure was wrong. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really giving off anything you know, of substance. I would say that like the interview could really like, you know, get attached and remember me for. Yeah. So I was, so you would say then the biggest difference, cause, cause I want to, I want to kind of touch on this point a little bit because I think a lot of times I talk to students and they say, um, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna practice with like a senior or someone who just went through the recruiting process or whatever. And, they got a job, so I'm sure they'll be able to help me do the exact same thing. But you're saying the biggest difference between doing that versus uh, doing, say, a mock interview with me is just the amount of feedback you actually get and also the specificity of the feedback you get. Like it's at a much more granular, uh, a much more granular level than just like, like the same answer that you gave to them and to me, like they probably told you, oh yeah, that's fine. Whereas I actually gave you a lot of different uh, refinements that you could have made to make it even better. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And like a lot of the times they, you know, ultimately don't know, like haven't heard enough interviews to actually make a judgment whether my you know, answer is like good or bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, and also like they probably don't care, like even though they're your friends, like they lose focus sometimes, like don't really listen, you know, all that stuff could happen. And you're not, I don't think you're getting good feedback from just either practicing alone or, with elder students so it it just doesn't compare i think in my eyes got it yeah yeah you made two really good points there which is one they're not that experienced so they have a very very small sample size of data to kind of like benchmark your answers against right and so when it's something that's so subjective um (laughs) you don't want to base the assessment of your answers on just like a couple of data points because it might not be accurate right and then the yeah. other the other point that you're making is just that ultimately even though they're your friends they're not gonna they don't have that much skin in the game and they're not going to be as invested in your outcome as you would be and so it's not super important to them to like spend a lot of time and energy and effort to give you the best feedback possible whereas i guess if you work with someone like me your success is kind of my success. And like, I want all my clients to be successful. And obviously you're paying me money to help you. And so I have to, I have skin in the game and I have to be investing in your outcome. And I have to give you the best quality feedback that I can possibly give you essentially. Yep. Okay. Got it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. Look, I think those are all really great points and people don't really think about um, the, the, and we're, uh, we're going to come up on just like one or two last questions, but one thing I did want to talk to people about too is like, can we tell people a little more about just kind of like the full-time recruiting process? Cause like, you know, a lot of times I interview these kinds of like the vast majority of my clients, um, they're usually trying to recruit for summer internships, right? Which is, as you know, like those two processes are very different, right? So can you talk about some of the differences between the summer process and the full-time recruiting process? Like which one do you think is harder and like why yeah so in my experience i thought full-time was you know harder for a couple reasons first there are no guaranteed spots at places right so like you you could interview you could have a really good network at a certain bank you know which you developed over the course of a couple months and then at the end of the summer you know this sort of happened to me they're like you know like sorry man we just like don't have any spots open um or like we need to wait like another month to see if whether like the interns take their you know return offers or not. So just whether the spots are open or not like has nothing to do with how good you are as a candidate. It's ultimately up to them. Versus like summer internship recruiting, like you know at a bullet bracket there'll be whatever fifty to hundred spots open or like elite boutiques, you know fifty spots which are you know specifically designed that they want to fill. And 
so that's one big difference to the interviewer like the interviews itself weren't necessarily like technically harder but they you know definitely expect you to know like you better be like rock solid in terms of what you did this summer like why do you want to do investment banking like why their bank and like that specific questions like doesn't come up as much in like summer internship recruiting so having somebody who can like talk talk that through was like really important to me like how do I talk about my deal experience how do I talk about you know why I want to go to this bank or like why this industry group all that stuff is if you don't have a very good answer to that like you know you're just not going to get that job and finally I would say you know the expectation like even if you have a good network like at the end of the day like you just have to be spot on because you know, this goes back somewhat to what like I was saying earlier, like there's so few spots open that, you know, one of the jobs they had like 30 kids from, you know, different school, like from my school specifically interview for a first round for one spot. So like, oh, wow. ha- like the way you stand out is, it's just, you have to be spot on everything you say, like you have to make really good impressions and you have to like stand out at the end of the day. And yeah. you can only really do that through either having like an insane network, um, which is like, you know, pretty hard to do or like have a combination of a good network plus just killed in interviews. Right. So you said they that that opportunity, they were that group was hiring one person because the rest of the spots had already been taken up by their summer interns and they interviewed 30 people for first round just from your school only? Yeah, so we we had like a pre-networking event. There's, you know, it was like a mix of summer and like full-time, but there was at least like like 50 people there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. So if I were to summarize that, I think what you're saying is like, obviously, Hey, the interview is a little bit harder because your expectations higher. And also you're competing against um, other candidates who now have more experience after a summer. Right. And so just the type of questions that you're going to have to answer um, is going to be more advanced. But I think the big, it sounds like the biggest challenge is just the fact that, there are a lot fewer opportunities, right? Like for the summer recruiting process, essentially all the jobs are available, right? None of them have been filled yet. So if this firm has 50 spots, then all 50 spots are going to be available. If they have a hundred spots, then all hundred spots are basically up for grabs. By the time they recruit for full time, say if they had a hundred spots, maybe 80 or 90 of those have already been given to returning summer interns who did a good job. And then like the, the last 10 are basically up for grabs. And so it's just, it's just a numbers thing basically. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you can definitely do a lot to like hedge against that where, I mean, if you have a solid network in place and you reach out like in July or August, be like, Hey, you know, internships going well. Like I think I'm tracked for a return offer, but I don't really want to be here. Like, I was just wondering like how your like how your group is looking in terms of return offers or, you know, if you guys do have a process, I'd love to be involved. Like, you know, if you have, if you like do the legwork early on, then you can definitely, you know, minimize that risk. But at the end of the day, it's still a little, you know, it's not always up to you or like yep. who you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're highlighting there is just that networking is always important and it was really important for summer opportunities, but like for full time, it's even more important because at least for the summer, I think like sometimes if you go to a target school and you have good enough stats and whatever, you might be able to uh, still get selected for on-campus interviews without doing a ton of networking, right? But then for full-time, because they're not running like actual structured process, I don't know what your experience is, but like a lot of the groups I find, like maybe they have one spot or maybe they have two spots that they're trying to fill. they're not like going out and doing a full on recruiting process for that. They, a lot of times they're just, they'll ask people on the team, like, Hey, we got to fill this one spot. Like anybody in your network that you think would be a good fit. And it's kind of based on just like who, you know, and like knowing the right people in the right places at the right time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you don't know anyone in that group, then you probably never hear about that opportunity or like by the time you find out about it, like it's too late because they've already filled it or whatever. Yep. Got it. So 
you had to you had to like knowing that hey you were most likely going to recruit again for full time like how early did you start like kind of laying the groundwork for that like how early did you start kind of you know planting the seeds and networking with people and reaching out and just building up that network was that like halfway through summer or did you like start even earlier yeah so i started in march around march i would say reaching out and it was probably best that I did it then because I, I remember like having interviews like in mid-July for like full-time positions. So, and if I hadn't networked with people, like there's no way I would have got those interviews. So, you know, the, I took your approach to networking where it's not, you know, just me like bombarding them with questions, but really trying to have a conversation, you know, really getting to know the person or like them getting to know me. And then, you know, when necessary slash like relevant following up. So, you know, there was one example where, you know, it was for a specific, like a restructuring group where, you know, I, we had a pretty solid conversation and he like gave me some material to read up on. And I think like June, I like reached back out. This is after like, you know, talking to him in like April, like, Hey, like, you know, got to read through some of the material. I had a couple of questions about it. I you know, love to hop on the phone. And, you know, he saw my interest in like doing what he said. And from there, he like, he connected me with other people. And then also he got a couple of interviews out of that. So it's just, you, you need to, I think you need to start, especially for full-time start as early as possible. Um, and, you know, have a reason to do it. My, like every time I called somebody, I'd always be like, Hey, just, you know, wanted to reach out to get to know more about like, like invest in banking in general before I start my first, you know, internship and like what to expect and like how to do, you know, my best job. So, you know, having a solid conversation starting like following up, not for random reasons, but you know, when appropriate, and when it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so you started really early and like, I, I let's give people some value here. Like I know the question that people are probably going to ask is, so if you already have a summer internship, but then you know, you're going to recruit for different firms and you're trying to network with people at these different firms. Like how do you kind of position that? Cause you hadn't started your summer internship yet. Right. But like also yeah. at the same time, you already have a job. So it's not like, you're trying to, you can't, or do you just tell these people that, Hey, I, you know, I want like, I eventually want to recruit for your firm or how did you go about positioning that? Yeah. I, the, the, the way I did it was, you know, start out the, like, Hey, like, you know, just wanted to get talk as many people in the industry as possible. Um, a lot of them were alum at like different banks. So that helped out a little bit, but yeah. you know, a lot of them were random too, like just random cold emails. So, and from there it'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm not totally, you know, I, I sort of took this job just because I want to be investment banking. You know, obviously, you know, want to do my best and hope that this turns out well, but, you know, definitely open to things in the future uh, and just leave it at that. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we'll def I'll definitely let you know, or like, you know, reach out, you know, at this day, if you, you know, I'll let you know if we have any spots open or stuff like that. So I, I never really said that I'm looking to recruit out their bank, but just sort of said, like, I want to keep my options open and, Right. you know just love to talk to you about your experience with like your internship and like your analyst role right right okay that's i mean that's super helpful for for all the people that are listening right now who are you know going to recruit for full-time i mean Rahul just dropped a bunch of value bombs for you guys so i uh, hope you guys are taking notes um and so last question on the full-time recruiting then like around at what point in the summer would you say these firms started like you know seriously interviewing or having like more serious conversations about uh, potentially taking on for full time. Cause I was like, they like when they start talking to you, they might not know whether they're going to have a spot yet, but like yeah. when did those conversations actually start happening? Yeah. So <clears throat> as I said, the earliest one was in like mid July. I, I think they knew they were going to have spots open or like they under hired or something. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that's pretty rare, like starting that early. Um, most, banks that I knew started their process either a week before the internship actually ended or a couple weeks after, you know, um, you're after your 10 weeks. So from there, it's reaching out to your network, you know, asking if they have any open spots left. And then, you know, if they do, or if they like you enough, you know, they'll refer you to other people. Um, you just keep hopping on the phone with other people. Then, you know, eventually one of them, one of these like networking calls, if you had enough, will turn to like an interview. And mm -hmm. that, sort of started like mid-August to 
early September when I started getting back to school. And from there, like, you know, I, I know some like, but like elite boutiques are still recruiting for positions. So it never really stops, I think, but that's sort of when you can expect to kick it off. It's last week of the internship to like the week right after is when most of the stuff starts really heating up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Awesome, man. Uh, that's super helpful for our listeners. So thank you for sharing all that. Um, I guess at this point, let's, uh, can we tell people kind of what was the outcome ultimately for this entire journey for you? Like, um, you got, you ended up getting a couple of different offers for full time, right? Yeah. Um, so like, what were the offers that you got and like, where are you ultimately going? Yeah. So I got offers from Stiefel and their like diversified industrials group and DC advisory and their like technology software group. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately decided to go DC advisory just cause you know, tech was something I was more interested in and thought it'd be just like the people more there. Um, I had more alumni there and that's ultimately what I ended up going with. Got it. Got it. Okay. And DC advisory, like that's, a, by the way, like congratulations on that. That's huge. Um, Stiefel and DC advisory. I mean, they're both very good middle market banks, but like um, DC advisory looks like they're pretty global, right? They're in like what? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm just looking at the website, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. They're in like 14 different countries. And like, yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and like twelve different industries. And so, obviously, this is not like this is like a very, very um, global, very um, legitimate bank with quite a quite a good amount of deal flow. Like I see a, a lot of um, a lot of senior bankers there. Um, and so, like you're going to be doing tech there out of their headquarters right is it is their headquarters in uh in dc um i i'm not totally sure it might be new york but i know that like the dc is a bigger office uh than the uh, new york one or like similar size so and a lot of the senior people there i was you know pretty impressed by their backgrounds and like where right. they came from so that would be you know d- definitely a great learning opportunity for me yeah yeah that's awesome man yeah and i'm looking at like their the deals that they've done or the song websites like they've done a lot of deals, which is awesome. It means you're going to get a good experience. Um, and so very cool. Um, well, look, um, obviously it's been a long journey. We, it's been almost a year since we started working together. I get 11 months uh, as of today. Um, and so, um, obviously like nothing good ever comes easy, but you've, uh, you're now on the other side of this process. And I just want to, congratulate you on all the success and um and obviously it's a great uh, great accomplishment um to end up at a firm uh, like that out of college like a lot of people would kill to be in your position um and you know for the rest of you that are kind of that have been listening to this you know i just want to just want to let you guys know like look if you are in a similar situation as the whole where you know, maybe you recruited for a summer internship um, and you got something, but you're not, you know, it's not something that you maybe want to do for full time or you're not completely satisfied or worse yet, if you're recruited for a summer internship and you actually just didn't get anything investment banking at all, now you want to try again for full time. Um, you just got to realize that full time recruiting is going to be a lot more competitive. Like if you thought, summer internship recruiting was hard full-time is way harder uh, just like it's a numbers game and there's way fewer jobs the competition the caliber of the competition is higher and so you know if you're looking for help with that um you know you should reach out to us we can absolutely help you um get a better outcome than you'd be able to get on your own maybe that's the difference between going from no offer to having an offer in banking maybe it's going from you know a smaller bank to more of a middle market or both record bank right and so Either way, though, like that incremental difference or improvement um, can have a huge impact on your career. Right? I think a lot of times people are kind of um, short-sighted about this and they think that, oh, it's just, you know, you know, it's like the first year or two out of college. Like in reality, like where you start has like long-term uh, impact on kind of like where you end up eventually. Right? Like just the, the slope of the trajectory of your career 
um, can be entirely different, right? And so um, if, you, if you guys want that type of help, kind of like what Rahul described today, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to our team. Um, you start by scheduling a free uh, strategy session. It's kind of that first call that Rahul and I had as well. Um, and you can do that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street and the URL is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, you know, you'll get on the phone with our team or maybe you might get on the phone with me, um, depending on the schedule. And uh, we'll talk to you. Just learn more about your situation. Uh, see what it is that you need help with. And also what are your goals? And if we think that, we can help you with those things and we're confident that we can get you to that outcome. Um, we'll be happy to, you know, take you on as a client, but if not, then at a minimum, we will give you um, just a lot of clarity and also advice on what we think we would do for you. Cause the truth of the matter is like uh, we're pretty busy and there are a lot of people that want help with investment banking, but we can't, uh, we can't work with all of them. So there's no pressure, but um, either way you walk away with a ton of value and, uh, you know, hopefully we get to talk to you guys soon. Um, so that will be it for today, guys. And Rahul, again, I want to thank you for, you know, taking an hour of time out of your day to come and share your experiences with our listeners. And um, I know for a fact that um, people are going to benefit from this a lot, especially all the advice you gave them on full-time recruiting and whatnot towards the end there. So thank you. And again, congratulations on all the success. I look forward to seeing you know, what you're able to accomplish. And, you know, just like all the other alumni in Wall Street Mastermind, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Um, and, you know, don't ever, don't be a stranger. Like always feel free to reach out if, uh, if I can help you with anything. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for everything the past year. It's, you know, definitely wouldn't be here without your help and you know, your sort of like guidance on everything. So, you know, definitely well worth it for me and hope it's well worth it for other people too. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was my honor to serve you. And uh, thank you again for taking time. Guys, that'll be it for today. Um, and, you know, as always, we'll be back again soon with more of these in the near future. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.